Hey folks, what are the Redneck Country Podcast? You're on with Real Redneck Tom Millard. And of course, we've got the almost guy, Real Redneck Bill. Tom, Bill, are you there? I am here, and uh, it's a beautiful night for a podcast. It's a beautiful night for a podcast. And beside me, as always, is the patriarch of Redneck Country, my father, Real Redneck Tom Millard. Dad, is your mic hot? It's hot, and it was a beautiful night for a walkover. That's kind of early into the podcast to introduce your dad. Are you feeling all right? Right. I just thought I'd get it out there, get it out of the way. Well, there you go. I mean, we the, got the star of the show. I mean, well, I was just going to say we got we got a, a new premise here that he's the star, so we got to get him on and acknowledged quickly. <laughs> That's good. People want to make sure he's here. Yes, and his mic is hot. And his and his mic. And he walked over. Yes. I yes. <laughs> so, so Bill, yeah. I'm curious because I've seen some pictures that you sent me. And yeah, how well, was your how was your how was your I, week? <laughs> I think we can get on with this because I I, I don't send you many pictures like that that we'll talk about like that. Yeah, well, and, and folks, I have got them at two in the morning. Yes, you have. That's, that's a funny story. But, <laughs> Nothing like waking so, up in the morning to a picture sent from your buddy at two and go, what on earth? <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> but I tell you right now, I had a really interesting day yesterday, and it all starts around snowmobiling. So I can tell you one thing for sure. When you drive a 1980 Everest 500, you get to meet some people from time to time. And when you meet people, like Marty McFly, when you zip back to the future. <laughs> well, I went out yesterday. I went trap shooting in the morning. I had a, uh, not a bad, I had two, two 21s and a 19. I kind of fell, fell apart. In the you last, came in too confident, round. overthinking now with the 25 uh, straight. And I was okay. I mean, uh, I was shooting with a guy. It was funny. I'm going to, uh, just a quick story on this. I got up to the line, Candace and I showed up, uh, and, uh, my buddy's old tan. Uh, bought himself a new gun and he was pretty happy about it so he was out patterning and uh, we, we came we, we got all set up and the guy on the line was like these targets are, are, are terrible they're too too high they're too high I'm like wow but I just got here do what you need to do there's no adjustment <laughs> he talked to the trap trap boy there and he adjusted them and he adjusted them again no not good enough they're too high too high still and then when he the first they, they let go of the first one I'm like oh, whatever it's it's orange I'll, I'll shoot it but these targets went from super high apparently to just uh, just zipping across the ground they never came up at all so it took me three targets I, I missed three of the first four before I realized I had to hold the below the bottom lip of the house <laughs> to where I would typically uh, put my whole point on the on the top of the house and then I ran I missed three in the first station. And I ran, ran the rest. I went to figure my whole points, had my music on Blair, and I was having a good time. And on the last station, I lost focus for a split second, and I, I dropped one. But I ended up with a 21 on that station. Karma but, Chameleon uh, came on your tunes, right? Yeah. And you no, were like, was, uh, got into it too it, much, lost focus, and I, I get did. it. It, I was, get it was ridiculous. But we, we got uh, got out to the trap club, came home, and I said to Candace, you know what, I'm, I'm dressed warm now. I'm just going to take the snowmobile for a rip. Make and sure you got lots a, of battery because you like you meet 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 lots of interested like tow truck truck drivers and yeah. Well, there was no tow truck rescue crews. The way, but I tell you, <laughs> like, let's get into this story before you <laughs> before you, you go. You'll have plenty of opportunity to cut it apart once I tell it. I'm so. excited. 
What's well, uh, I, I went for a, a little trip out the back of the property, and I went a couple kilometers one way, and then I turned around and went a couple kilometers the other way, and I said, "This is the best ride I've had in a long time. The ride is great." I went down across a hill, and I came up on the other side, and in the middle of the snowmobile trail, there was five tom turkeys with the biggest beards you ever seen, just running in front of me on the snowmobile trail. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> but <laughs> throttle, hammer down. <laughs> I was thinking, oh, <laughs> I need to do was nobody around and just hit the throttle. It was an I accident, got. I swear. <laughs> yeah. In my 1980, I couldn't control it. <laughs> but five, uh, five tom turkeys were there, and they uh, they uh, came off the, the the groom trail into the deep snow, and they were a little bit upset with me, but that's okay. So I kept on going. I got to the end of the snowmobile trail, and I had about half a dozen people. Uh, you know, I, I either passed or they passed me as, as I was going on the cruise, and Got to the end, I said, the tech canister, and I said, yeah, I made it. And I turned around, and I went, <laughs> I went to go home, and I got about a third of the way back home, and all of a sudden, it, it chugged. Uh, ooh, that doesn't sound yeah, what, right what? at all. You mean a 1980, so a 40-year-old snowmobile chugged? Yeah, what? It chugged a little bit. No. So, and then I, I said, okay, when I get to the top of the hill here, I'm going to stop and just have a quick look at things, see how things are. Well, I made it about... Uh, two thirds of the way up that hill, and she quit. So <laughs> and let I'm me thinking, put this into perspective uh, 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 uh. for our southern listeners that don't have snow <laughs> snowmobiles. So, it, it typically up in Canada, you don't let you you don't really drive a snowmobile that old because a it's freaking cold out. B, it's not fun walking in that much snow. C, it's snowmobile trails do not typically run alongside highways where you can come nope. be picked up. So put all of that together and Bill is kind of taking his life in his hands. I'm actually proud of you, buddy. It's pretty manly and I, and to hop on that too, right? and, and you ride alone. Cause you know, you know. cardio's a coming. I mean, well, if you buy a trail pass, Cardio is going to get you. You're riding a 40 year old snowmobile. Touch wood. I have never been left stranded before. And I could, I commented half a dozen times on that trip, how nice of a ride it was, how, how well the machine is running, how, how, beautifully groomed the trails are how nice the day was and the old girl let me down two-thirds of the way up this hill and i was i didn't know what to do well, i mean what am i gonna do so i got out i got off the sled and i looked at it and she i, I had a tank of gas when i when i started she let you down enough. she ain't a sandwich maker no didn't she uh i got there and the guy drove past me and said hey you need help. And I said, I, maybe you just told me right up the top of the hill. I might have fouled the plugs because it's a it's a mix of uh, gas and oil, obviously. It's not oil. It's a two-stroke so, It's a two-stroke. So uh, I said, he, he said, okay, I'm just going to head down to the bottom of the hill here, turn around. And we tied up, and he pulled me to the top of the hill. I changed the plugs, and I was like, great, this is good. I'm now, back on what the did, What was his machine? Twin turbo? <laughs> Well, it was a little bit newer uh, Skidoo machine that he offered to sell me right on the spot. I don't know why, but he felt bad. He probably did. He said, but I asked if it had reverse and his sled didn't either. So I said, no, I'm good. But it's okay. So I met a nice guy. His name was Jason. He's from Holly. I really appreciate the help and the pull. And I changed the plugs and started back up after a little bit uh, of try. And I thought, I'm just going to. I head home now. I, I, I was, Instead of going as far as I was going to go, I'll cut my ride short. Well, then I get about two-thirds of the way home now, <laughs> and she quit for good. <laughs> so 
like I said, when you snowmobile, you meet a lot of really nice people when you're in trouble, when the hood's <laughs> up on your, on your sled. And I met a, uh, two people who stopped and they yeah, asked. If they, they had could. to stop because a snowmobile that large stuck on a trail with a hood up. It's it's tough to get around. You got takes, your own con- convoy right there on the trails. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but these, these two very, very nice people from uh, uh, North Barrie uh, uh, took me home because I thought it was just another set of foul plugs that wasn't too sure so i came got got two more plugs and they dropped me off of the machine and they were on their way it was great they took well, you all the not, way home to get plugs and drove you all the way back that was only a kilometer and a half away from my snowmobile no doubt. so yep they took me back and they weren't they, snowmobile salespeople. like hey if we give this a yeah. ride, he might like no, these like wouldn't. a demo and then he might want to come buy one no, they actually commented how, how nice the house was because it was so close to the snowmobile trail. And I said, yeah, I've just go down to the end of my property and I'm on the trail. So <laughs> I get back to my snowmobile and I, and I change the plugs in it and uh, it will not start. It, it just won't. And I look down and I think maybe it's fuel. And sure enough, I had said, well, the fuel is below a certain point that maybe it's just not drawing fuel. So I, now I'm out of fuel. I don't have fuel. Guess what I'm doing now? Because there's nobody around to drive me back home That's at a so kilometer awesome. and a half from away. So now I'm two feet in a heartbeat and I'm trucking her back to my house uh, to try to get a, a 10, 10 liters of fuel. Do you carry so spark plugs? Do you carry snowshoes? I do not. And I wish I had it because the snow was deep up to the between uh, my, my shins and my, my knees and I'm just sweating and so and Candace felt sorry for me and she met me a little bit you know saved me a few oh, hundred yards Candace, what are you doing he'll never learn yep. if you keep catering <laughs> to she him she walked out and saved me a little bit of a, of a trek so I got out to, to the, the sled after an hour walk an hour walk uh, <laughs> I get back to the sled and I put, put the 10 liters of fuel in and it still won't start now the, the, the interesting thing is I, here's where the cut finger comes. I realize that the, there's a little wee tiny fuel filter and that fuel filter is plugged. It has to be plugged solid. In my mind, it's plugged solid. And I always carry fuel line, spark plugs, wrenches, the whole work. So I carry a, enough stuff to the case I get stuck out there. And what else I carry is a very sharp utility knife to cut that fuel line off. And when you slip. Oh, and your hands are froze. Hands are froze, and now you're leaking. So this is the picture I get. I get a picture of a bloody finger up close, (laughs) like with a big gash in it. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, are you going to live? Like, are we calling? Should I be calling 911? Was I your your only text? Now I'm concerned. Well, I tell you, I met another really nice person. So this is uh, the third really nice person, fourth nice person I met. How old was he? And did he stop giving you mouth to mouth after he realized you were okay? <laughs> well, I met I met uh, two nice ladies. They were on a snowmobile. And they, uh, of course, they weren't walking because I'm the only one that does that out there, apparently. And they stopped and they asked if I was all right. And, and I said, I'm good. And I said, when I get to my machine, I'm going to have a nice little nap because I'm tired as it is. And then after I cut my finger and I had everything pretty much put back together, another guy stopped and he was, he was concerned because he said, I, I was looking for you. He said, I, I went up the trail, you know, a kilometer one way. I went down the trail a kilometer the other way. I was looking for you because I thought you were stranded. And I said, no, I really appreciate you doing that. I mean, it, 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 your faith in humanity is restored when people, so many people stop. And I have to say there was not one person that saw saw me there that zipped by and, and didn't stop or was, wasn't concerned that 
you know, somebody was stranded out there, whether it was me on a new sled or an old sled, doesn't matter. They, they stopped and they were genuinely concerned and wanting to do everything they could do to help me. Uh, and that honestly just restores your faith a little bit in, in people when they, when they treat you like that. So this guy said, you know what, I am not leaving you until you, <laughs> you get your sled started. Cause even though you're, you know, kilometer from, I'll pull you home if I have to. And Sure enough, I changed the fuel line, got that that filter out uh, of the the scenario, and she started up. And now I'm bleeding all over the place. Uh, he can follow the blood <laughs> from the back of my property to home to get me here. But uh, that uh, that was my day yesterday. My half an hour snowmobile ride turned into a two and a half hour oh, cardio it, session. It was, <laughs> yeah, I was soaked. <laughs> I came home, I had a shower, and I took a nap. It was awesome. <laughs> so oh, that's the almost guy right there. I can't even make fun of that now because so many nice people. That's like build community. That's awesome. It was, and and the, they just were nothing but nice people. wanted wanted to do everything they could to make sure that I got home. The guy, uh, if my snowmobile hadn't have started when that first guy uh, pulled me up over the hill, he said, "I was just going to pull your belt off, um, the the, and we'll just pull you home." So I said, "Hey, that's like four kilometers, five kilometers home." So I don't care. So I got nothing better to do today. So and he he was <laughs> just wanting to make sure I got home safe. And that was uh, I that you was can no neat. longer call it snowmobile, and it's called making friends. I'm gonna go it, out it and make is. some friends. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah that's, that's what it is. I said to Candace, "You want to make friends? Let's go for a ride in the snowmobile." Yeah, guaranteed. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna break down. Somebody's gonna be yeah. out there. <laughs> yeah, you meet a lot of really nice people when you snowmobile with an old sled. I can tell you that for sure. <laughs> yeah, they all stop going. I remember my my grandfather had one of those. <laughs> they always make comments, even if I stop just to text and make let Candace know I made it somewhere. Oh, it's a nice old sled. <laughs> oh, you were successful on Antique Roadshow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's what I did this week. I bled and I met people. It was fun. Right. Oh. Good so, news. Yeah. And you guys, tell me. Absolutely nothing. Okay. It was just the weather was horrible. Didn't go to the gun club and stayed in, watched hockey on the on the TV. It was the all-star weekend, and that was that was pretty much it for me. Yep. Dad? Well, there you go. Nope. Didn't go. The weather was terrible. I did do my walk, so I I bundled up and I made sure that I was safe on the roads. And I did do my walks. And in fact, yesterday. I did 22,000 steps. So I did more walking this last week in the in the cold than I have all winter. It was awesome. That's good. Get yep. your ear back into it. Yep. So this weekend, uh, Junior there, and I'm hoping that we're going to have lots to talk about on next week's podcast for, for what did you do this week, eh? I hope so. Yeah. If, if everything cooperates, you're coming down to rabbit hunt. I'm going to come down and try to chase them. Waskly Wabbits. So, yeah, right on. I got, yeah, I got things all set up, ready to go. I'll be at your place for coffee at 7.30 a.m. Saturday morning. 7.30 a.m. I'll Do be I ready. Have to knock? Yeah, right. I'll be ready. To- Truck will be running. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'll see. 7.30. I'll, I'll be home with a couple rabbits ready to go back out. Yeah, will you? <laughs> you? You got a spot where you run them over your pickup truck. There's a bunch, the there's a bunch running around my backyard. <laughs> yeah, well, I got two in yeah. the backyard I'm not allowed to touch. So there, There's a lot but. in my neighborhood. I, in fact, I saw them out running around last night in the moonlight in my walk. Well, <laughs> they're out. 
right. So yeah, well, so provided we don't get more snow, it'll be all right. Too much snow yeah. and they just you can't hunt them, but it, it, it's me. looking good. It's starting to get warm, right? It's gonna it's gonna get above zero for a couple of days. So That's right. so we get a little bit of snow up where I am. I don't know about you you, but like if it gets up above zero, hopefully it'll be nice walking. I won't have to dress as yeah. Well, and that's heavy and, and so Saturday's looking like it's going to be minus three, that's and fine. and go down to minus eighteen by the end of the day. So it's going to progressively get colder in twenty four kilometer winds, which isn't usually fun. But after we, we'll we'll get in the woods, right? So it'll have some wind block. The beauty yeah. is it's going to warm up some before Saturday, so it will melt some of this snow. So it'll be easier walking. We still should have some snow so that there's a backdrop. Like it should be perfect. Should be a good day. Yeah. Uh, we'll be done by noon anyways. I got to get home. I can't, uh, can't be away from the, the humble about too, too, too long, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, the snowmobilers will think you died somewhere. I know. Blood I, trail even back to your house. That's right. They're like <laughs> half a dozen people know where I live now. So <laughs> I might have people showing up with trailers saying, Hey, remember last weekend when you said I could park my trailer here and hit the trails? By all means, park it. Let's go. <laughs> so, I got uh, just uh, one quick shout out. I got uh, my my wife's grandfather is 85 years old today. Hmm. So I figured I'd give him a shout out for his first birthday. Happy birthday. birthday. Yeah, happy birthday. Yeah. What's his name? 80. George. His name is George. Hmm. I'm very he's, curious uh, about George. Yeah, he's curious. <laughs> he's a great, uh, a great guy. He's a uh, uh, hardworking, do anything for his family type guy. Uh, uh, came over from England, made a made a house and uh, uh, you know for, for himself and his family, and and just is one of them salt of the earth type guys. He's got hands on him that are three times the size of mine. Just but gentle giant, I tell you. He's he's a great guy, and I wish him a happy birthday many, many more. So. Right on. Happy birthday, George. It's funny you say that, because Dad was just helping my youngest, Avery, fill out the Ancestry mm-hmm. report for, for mm. school just before we got started here. Yeah. My grandmother came from England. My other grandmother came from France. So oh, they, were, they were Avery's great-great-grandmothers. So... It's neat here in history of the family, and it's always good to have somebody that can document and write it down because I don't have a memory like I used to, and I don't, don't ever claim that it was great oh, to begin with. So. No doubt. On the other side, we got like a, a family historians have passed it down, and my Uncle Ron now has this this scroll that goes like 40 feet long. He's got it all <laughs> mapped out like it's insanity. So It's a family tree that just keeps branching and branching and branching, and he inherited it from his cousin, and now he's carrying on with it. and. It's incredible, the people you're related to. That's good. Well, there you go. So I don't know if you guys got uh, anything you want to talk about before we get into the meat and potatoes. I the, do not. Podcast. I think we carry on with the days of lead volume three, dad's old school <laughs> stories, if he can remember them. We, well, he's got I know notes. what I did. I, I got a question. Oh, oh he's yeah. got notes. He was sitting at the table <laughs> yeah. before we got going. I'm so in, he did Avery's report and then he went and sat down and he's writing out. I'm like, what are you doing? And he's asking quite, I'm like, we, we're not there yet, dad. Cause these are our hunts that I now was on. And I'm like, like we're, you're, you're way fast forwarding. Oh, yeah. I've got years of hunting stories, but what I did was like this week, I didn't go anywhere, anywhere, do anything. I've been watching all the football games that I had, uh, recorded and i'm right out now i've watched all the football games that i had except the pro bowl i haven't watched it yet and don't waste I your time was la 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 yeah. through the news with any I of hear them. the outcome because i haven't <laughs> seen it yet and the super bowl coming up this sunday but 
I'm going to be out of football to watch. So anyway, I've been thinking about all these hunts and everybody. And I got a question. And what I did was I sat down and I wrote down all the names that I could remember of the people I hunted with since I was 15 years old. How many people, Todd, Bill, do you think that you've hunted with in your hunting career? How many different Holy people? How many smoke. different people have I gone hunting people? with? Yeah. Like, you think, what would be a number? Give me a number. Don't take forever. Well, you asked me a question. I got to hold on. <laughs> well, you're counting. Yeah, you don't, yeah I'm going to guess 30 to 40. Well, I because wrote, you go with some guys and then they'll have their brother or their dad or something. So there's like, I, I can think of hunts where we've had like six, seven guys. I know. But then you hunt with them again or again. That's yeah. So I, I think I would think 30 anyway. Well, I'm going to challenge you to write them down this week because I wrote them down. Oh, yeah. I got time for you homework. Got homework. Yeah, I, I, got, got, I got time. I That's going to happen. Got, <laughs> Who invited him on the podcast? On my, <laughs> How old am I? <laughs> on my list, I've got 71 names. And that's just how many he can remember. 71 names? 71 (laughs) names that I can remember from right back from high school that I hunted with from since I was 15. Did you write the same name like six, seven, eight times? And all I have to do is look at a name and I can remember a hunt. I can recall a hunt or more. So there you go. That's impressive. I made the list. Let me me look at your list. Hang on a second because I was. Yeah, that's something to be proud of. (laughs) (laughs) We've had some good hunts. I tell you right now, we've had some good hunts. I'm looking at the list and I'm trying to see maybe my number goes up from this list. Uh, So I don't know. Where do you want me to start? You want me to start high school? Well, we've been not well. I did 73 and I did 70 because I was pumped. But now that I thought about it. And you put the names down. I can remember all kinds of hunts. And I can well, give us in. some good ones where people are like, hey, I'm going to give that a go. I'm going to try that. I never thought of that. What well, stands oh, out right. in your mind if I give you a year? I already all got right, it. ready? 1923. <laughs> 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 I was born in 48. So. Flip me, I'm funny. But I can, <laughs> Not to sound cocky or arrogant or anything. <laughs> I, can, I can tell you, though, one of those names on there was Butch Crosby. And I can remember related to Bing met him in high school, played football with him. And at the time that him and I used to hunt together, he was dating my now wife. He was dating your mother. I already don't like him in high school. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember a hunt. He had an old car that he fixed up. And so we went out hunting and coming home and started acting up. And you would drive for a few miles. It would quit. You'd have to get out, push it backwards. It would only start in reverse. Push it backwards, pop the clutch, get it started. Then it would drive for a mile or two and quit. Push it backwards, then it'd drive for a mile and quit. Push it backwards. Frustrating when things yeah. don't work the way and they're so supposed to. He was getting more. I said, I said, my goodness, like uh, he was getting stressed out. I said, what's the problem? He says, I got a date. He's, I'm going to be late. I said, well, surely she'll understand because uh, your car, you're having car trouble. And I, oh, no, no, no. She'll say, you know that car acts up. You should have headed home four hours ago and, and be mad at me and blame me. So I went, really? So anyway, I met her. I met her. She, her. Her locker wasn't far from mine. And it wasn't very long. And uh, they weren't together again. And I ended up dating her. And she's now my wife. So How did you fix the car? We didn't. I didn't fix it. I don't know. If you, we just <laughs> I kept, figured if you fixed it real good so that you could get the, the next <laughs> the date. 
<laughs> no, no, it wasn't even in my mind at the time. I didn't yeah. listen to any of that, and I'm kind of glad I didn't. Just, but I counted the name. I think I've hunted with 26 on this list. There you go. In- includes me. Oh, yeah. And like there's names I forgot about. Like you got Dove Nuggets on here. Who? Bob Zacharias. Yeah. Dove Nuggets. Yeah. We 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 went we went waterfowl hunting with him and I never hunted hunted how, doves and that? Scotty was there and, and this guy hunts doves and he's like you guys are doves flitting around us he's like you guys not hunted doves Scotty's like Todd won't I've told him we should hunt doves blah 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 and he's like oh my gosh you have dove nuggets so I on the spot I'm like well your nickname's now Dove Nuggets and so he's a cool guy he's a super super guy so how's that for a memory and yeah so we've now we've hunted with him we shot doves with Dove Nuggets and then he showed up at a at a bow shoot that I was at a 3D bow shoot in Dorchester. And he's just a good dude. I forgot we hunted with him. Yep. Anyway. We owe him a goose hunt. Anyway, we talked about the old time, the old Camo, before it was even had a name. And I knew right where that suit was, and I brought it over to show Todd. Except the zipper won't work now, so we got to get a new zipper in it. But it fits again. And it was, that was back when I sent you that picture. Yeah, no, I was just going to, I was going to ask you that. What year was that? Ah, that was the first year that black powder came in for for uh, deer. So it had to be uh, had to be in let's see in the seventies. I was married, so sixty uh, eight was when I got married, and so it had to be early seventies, I would think. Yeah, because I tell you right now that, that it, I didn't know that was you. Oh yeah, <laughs> with the camo, uh, the, the black powder rifle there. So obviously you, you were deer hunting uh, back uh, back then. Yeah, well, so, I, w- I was twenty and she was nineteen when we got married, and that so was that, that was your first uh, black powder hunt that you were on. Yep, and I was so proud of that suit. hadn't had it, I hadn't even shot my first deer yet, but I was so proud of that that camouflage suit. And it was before camo. It was before orange. You, orange wasn't required. I don't even think they had blaze orange clothes yet. So it wasn't required. All those laws didn't come in for some time. But anyway, that was... Did you have to, on another note, did you have to display your hunting license back then? You did for for ducks and rabbits. For ducks only? Well, ducks, rabbits, uh, township license, like rabbits, pheasants. It had to be pinned on your back. Like a, like a rodeo entry. Yeah, yeah. No, I was just just trying to figure that out because I remember, you know, seeing in, in the states. I, I know they do that a lot now too, where they have holders on the back of jackets or, or two yeah. little um, you know, eyelets that you have to display your your license. And my grandfather, I remember seeing some of his old licenses that were um, in his his hunting collection that were they were really nice printed Ontario with with like. I don't know how many numbers on it, but it, they were neat. It was just a really yep. neat uh, and, way of uh, printing the license. Kinda, they would wear good. And then like everything else, they got cheaper and cheaper and then you'd lose them. They'd rip off yeah. easier. You'd have to come up with your own fastener. And yeah, I've lost them more than once out hunting and have to backtrack and find them. And uh, yeah. You don't need a township license there anymore, do you? For which? For rabbits? Nope. No. Okay. Small game. That's it. Some that's townships you do. For small game, like if you're going on hunting preserves uh, down in South Hold, if you're gonna if you're gonna hunt the old airport, Fingal Airport, that's for, re- for 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 bird pheasants, though. Pheasants they yeah. require a township, yeah, but not anymore. Not like it used to. Yeah, but, when I first started hunting rabbits down in, in Fort Erie, you needed a township license for that. Yeah, and did. if you didn't have one Saturday morning, well, you weren't hunting. <laughs> yeah. So, but yeah, yeah and also that. It's gone away, but no, just back to that, that picture you said, maybe we can put that one up as part of the podcast picture, but that, do you remember that hunt? 
the first first hunt that you went on? Oh yeah, with your black powder rifle yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was I was hunting with Mike Ballinger and Bob Lilly, and uh, we were doing drives. We were driving around from bush to bush where we had permission, and we were blocking and driving. And and I can remember we never got a chance at a deer, and we put up very few. Or if we did, you'd see them running away or in the wrong spot, and. And uh, it just wasn't for me. And I, we quickly learned, Bob and I quickly learned and said, okay, this isn't for us. We we need to find a place where we can put in a hide or, or kind of a bit of a stand or something and and uh, learn where they, the pinch points are and, and hunt them that way. And yeah. Mike just couldn't do it. He just, just, I can't sit like that length of time. I can't do it. And so Mike didn't hunt with us anymore. And then Bob and I both shot our first deer doing that. And then that's where we still hunt today that farm it's tough i mean we we tried i assume you didn't have dogs the three years when you're hunting no 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 and that that's tough i mean deer are so smart they'll just either stay put or like oh my gosh them. i had so many stories where yeah me and dad will go for a walk and you just you just really walk gingerly quiet you walk they'll let you walk right by them the, and exactly then, and just stay laid down stay bedded down until you're already past them and then they'll get up and, and whisper away or they'll stay and then the next time you come walking by if, if if it's within reason you can make them nervous then they'll jump up and go right. we've had that but yeah they'll let you they'll let you walk right on by and then they'll <laughs> take off behind you you never even knew they were there yeah i can remember and I, you learn that lesson quick when when there's only three is you're not going to block every section of that little bush that you're in, in yeah. either too so it, i know for sure we had many hunts where we've tried up in the ottawa valley to to push big bush with uh w- without dogs and it's just it's pointless in my mind it's absolutely pointless yeah. and then you learn right we got learn, some spots we can do what we call mini drives right but it's always going to take a couple, guys? a couple guys because we have a um the one spot where i'm thinking we we have a well we do both sides of the creek yeah. right mm-hmm. but there's a creek that splits it so we'll do one side and then maybe if we like because we'll sit all morning and for the first couple of days well you know i mean we got deer moving everywhere so we typically don't get too much anymore back when it was slower we would sit for the morning first couple days sit sit all day really break for lunch go back to out sit and then by wednesday if nothing's really happening all right let's start doing these little mini drives and so one guy down the bottom of the ravine one guy at the top because it would be bed and area up top and 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 then thicker but hardwoods down below and it would get thick and thin so one guy would drop down one guy stay on the top and then the guys block down on the far end one at the top and one down the bottom and then you would just push towards them and and we typically would get deer moving like we'd have six seven deer run by right yeah i've been sitting up top in that stand that i have there still today i've never taken it down I've had as many as eight deer come right to that but, corner on the dead run. Right, but that's we know where the deer again. We know where the deer are in that area, right. so you know if you're sitting there and you haven't had any walk by, well, you know where they're sleeping. So yeah, you know it's, it's, you could go get them up, right? Because that's where it is. And then the other side of the creek, same thing. We do that little drive. In fact, my brother-in-law's got the two biggest bucks he's ever shot. Shot them five minutes apart from me and dad walking yeah. and doing a drive right, to him. right to and him. And even we, the first one stood up. And like, I swear to you, the rack is so big. It looked at us and I, I could hear the radio coming through its mouth from its, its antlers picking up satellite waves <laughs> uh, looked at yeah. us stood up in the middle of this meadow stood up at the other end of it looked at us turned around and trotted in the woods and i just said on the radio radio at that time rick there's a giant coming right to you it wasn't five minutes he says yeah thanks guys thanks i just shot him now give me a minute to reload so we stopped <laughs> and we're like okay we're coming yep okay and it wasn't five minutes later than that 
and they laid side by each. And he says, uh, I love you guys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's it's tough. You need a blocker and you need drivers. And if you've yeah. only got one of each, you're if not it, doing If it's much. a big bush, you're screwed, right? But we just yeah, know, it. you got to know your pinch points. You got to know where the people get. You got to be able to sneak into those pinch points without pushing them the other way. And yeah, yeah. it's all, you got to know the woods. You got to know what you're you do. Uh, you, you get a deer your first year or to take you a couple with oh, the muzzleloader. Well, yes. Yeah. No, it took me. I think it took me two years. Maybe I don't think it took me three. I think it was just two years till we got to learn the. Well, so the that first, first year, year you quit hunting yeah. that way, right? Because yeah. you hated pushing the bush. Well, then it might it have was been just three because the second year we were learning this piece of property where we were seeing all kinds of sign, and so we were finding places to sit, and, and then we were started to see them, and so we started adjusting where we stood and whatnot. And so we finally narrowed it down. I think it was the third year that I said, okay, we're not leaving these two corners. You sit here, I'll sit here. And I had a couple of chances uh, coming from behind me that I wasn't ready for that I never got. And then finally a deer came right, walked right to me and I shot that deer. And then later that week, um, my buddy, Bob, he, he moved this out of the corner of the field, just inside the hardwoods. And uh, he had a doe run right at him. In fact, when he shot it, it was that, it fell and then slid right up to his feet and he never moved. He sat and wait for me to come and he was sitting on a stump and he says, that's right where that thing stopped moving right there at my feet. So oh, he finally broke the ice and we each got one and it was pretty cool. I can remember whooping and hollering and, and saying, okay, we're eating venison this year. Yeah. It was pretty good to get pretty excited to get your first deer. Yeah, it certainly is. Yeah. Did you guys butcher your own deer back then or did you take them in somewhere? No, we took them in somewhere. Yeah. We, we skinned them. But we uh, we took them to a butcher. Same you know, butcher and that was today. that was part of the deal back when my grandfather was was hunting, and I wasn't because I was too young and stuff. But I didn't like venison for the longest time because it, it was a it was an event for the guys that he hunted with that they. Uh, you know, they, they shoot their deer, they hang them. And then uh, whatever Saturday morning, they would butcher the deer or skin the deer, butcher the deer. And they were not very particular about taking the, the white tallow and, and stuff out. And you'd get, uh, you know, a, a steak or a chops or something that had that, uh, the, the white, um, like the silver skin, you mean it, silver skin, even, with- even more than that. It was, it was fat. Mm-hmm. The, the, the fat from a deer is, is, terrible if it's not cooked right and, and it yeah, i take it out of every deer that uh, everything that i do i try to take as much of that white silver skin as well as the white fat mm-hmm. out because it just leaves that waxy taste in the top of your mouth when it's mm-hmm. not prepared uh, prepared right and that's for the longest time what i remember you ever, tasting like. okay so have you ever battered and deep fried that fat no, I don't. I've never done that. Yeah, me neither. I was just asking. <laughs> no, never, never done anything with that. Say, where did, where did you ever do that? No, he's, he's just. <laughs> I was just asking. I don't know what he hit his head with. <laughs> he, uh, no, I never did. And, and we always, uh, well, I always avoided the venison when I was a kid, just because of the way it was prepared. And it starts right from when it hits the ground to getting a little bit of hair from people that don't prepare it right or take good enough care. And uh, we've learned over the years that you got to be really, really particular about, about what you're doing. And the people that don't like venison like it when, when, when we cook it now. So, yeah. 
Exactly. But you learn, well, right? I mean, yeah. that's all part of the learning process, right? Well, you don't you don't know at the beginning. When we first started hunting, and, and Ron for Ron and I, it was ducks. We hunted ducks together. Ron and I didn't hunt a lot of deer together. Uh, that was a little later on when the deer season opened for us and the black powder, but we would hunt ducks. So how we found ducks, we'd just drive around. One guy would, we'd look around for flocks. One guy drove, the other guy hung out the window, hang a left to the next corner, hang a right, try not to lose them, find out where they're feeding. and then Following them in the air, you mean? Yeah, follow them in the Like a wild goose chase. Yeah, and then, yeah, and then, and then sneak them. Or we would, uh find ponds and stuff to and find them. But again, home. that's way back when you didn't have to stop, ask permission, exactly. no sign, no fence, good to go. Right. Yep. So, so watch them drop down into a field somewhere, drop down in a woods. You knew, okay, there's yep. a pond there. So we did this five days a week, except Friday. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Saturday. So this one Saturday, him and I are out, we're driving around and we see three or four ducks or maybe five fly across this field and then drop into what we thought was a stream because you could see the, you could see the trees and the bush along the edge. We thought, okay, that's got to be a stream. We're going to sneak this stream. So I had my L.C. Smith, and he had, I think he had his Auto 5, his uh, humpback Browning Like auto. the original Browning yeah. Auto 5. Yeah. And I can't shoulder those. Bill, have you ever put up an old school Auto 5? No, I, I can't I, say I put my cheek on it, and I can't see over. I don't know if my eye from my cheekbone to my eye isn't isn't a normal height. I don't know. I, I, I feel I'm a fairly good looking dude, but I put my cheek on that stock. I can't see up over the hump to see down the Monte barrel. Carlo, Monte Carlo stock on or something. No, no they don't. Right. Those old auto yeah, fives. No, it's, it's, it's like, they call them like the humpback, right? It's like the sweet hmm. 16 was like one of the most popular guns, a 16 gauge auto loader, auto five back in the day. And, but I can't, I can't see over that hump when I put it up. No, it's a humpback. Anyway, we decided, okay, let's park here, and we're going to sneak this stream. So we're, we go across the field, and we get close. We're starting to sneak them. Now, we don't know if they swam down or swam up, so we're kind of, we know where they went down, so we're kind of maybe 10, 12 feet apart walking towards this stream. And, and as we get close, then you're, now you're being real careful uh, up against the edge of the stream. I got my gun ready. He's got his ready, and and uh, all of a sudden, Ron's to the, Ron yells, to the right. And they had swam up the stream a little bit, and up they come at to the right. And so, of course, I'm to his left, and so I have to take a couple steps further to be able to see them. And he's already up, and he, wham, 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 and he's got three drop back into the pond. And uh, one comes up to the left, like the left of those bunch, and I shoot it. And then out of my peripheral vision, well, to the left. Peripheral vision. Peripheral Look at that. Vision. Peripheral. To the left. Hmm. Up comes this big mallard drake right 10 feet in front of me, right off the creek, straight up. It didn't come up with the rest of them. It came up late after we'd shot. It comes straight up. I, I turned and looked, and there it was coming straight up. I brought the double up. I come up across, up through his body, and when his eyeball was right between them two barrels, I just touched the gun off and kept coming. And wham! And that duck just dropped straight back down into the end of the stream. So I said, "Okay, we got five of those. That's pretty good." Uh, so Ron, he's down picking them up. <clears throat> he picked up the one I shot, and I'm down fishing that one I got out. When I picked it up, it was a nice big mallard drake, and the neck came up, and then there was a strip of skin, the bottom, like would have been the bottom of the neck, out to the beak. There was the beak. And the eye and the head was completely gone. It was just like you took a knife and cut the head right out of that 
just left the beak and that strip of skin. That, you that's... mean to tell me that you were that good that you just took the top he, right off its head? And let, left me, no let me help you. He pellets. doesn't mean to sound cocky or no. arrogant or anything. Yeah, just <laughs> he, he, we got to prelude that story and now yeah. we're postluding that story, but he doesn't mean, <laughs> mean to sound cocky or arrogant. No, it was when that, when that duck came up, uh, I decided I'm going to take the right eye, not just the left. <laughs> it was I'm both eyes. Shoot. It was sideways to me and that, that that shot coming out at 10 feet it had to be just like a rifle bullet and it just cleaned the head right out and and i showed it to ron and went holy mackerel he says he said that must have been close i said 10 feet i said as soon as the eyeball appeared right between the barrels i pulled the trigger and that's what happened so we head back to the car and on that at that time we we used to hit ron bought an old beater i don't even know what kind of car it was so we could drive around and hunt ducks and not care what happened to it. He paid fifty bucks for it, and That's it had a, a radio, had radio that worked. Yeah, it might have been a Volkswagen Beetle. No. Keep going. Oh. I don't know. You got the picture. <laughs> well, I don't know what it is. Like figure it out. But anyway, uh, the, the radio worked, and there was a a radio show on Saturday mornings that was quite quite controversial, and the kind of like the Redneck Country Podcast. Well, he would take different topics. <laughs> And we listened to that while we were driving around looking for ducks. Well, this particular morning, he decided to get people going a bit fishing and hunting. And that he was, again, he would love fishermen because he was a, he fished. And he just thought that that was a better way to take, to take, get food than to go around the countryside blowing the heads off of ducks with a shotgun. How can that be fun? How can that be, how can that be thrilling? How can that be hard? Blah, blah, blah. And he was... And so he was getting Ron and I pretty riled up because we both hunted and fished. So even back then, they played on your emotions oh, in the did. media. Yeah. Oh, and and you know this guy too. You you you. Uh, he he's still around. That was on this radio show. I'm not going to say his name. Anyway, does he does he shoot? No. How would I know him? Okay, carry on. No. So anyway, um, we're we're getting madder by the minute and. And, I, and so, of course, as soon as he said about blowing the heads off a duck, Russ and I looked at each other. We started to laugh. And I said, I should I should phone him, send him a picture or something, tell him about this duck I just shot this morning. He said, heck with that. We're going to drive right to the radio station. We're going to take it into him. No, that's Ron. Oh, that's Ron. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm an antagonist, Bill. No, that's Ron. <laughs> Ron. So I said, are you like, I'm a social media and like chirpity chirp antagonist with a smile on my face. Ron's to the 10th degree. It's okay. like they didn't have social media back then. He was all in. <laughs> that, that was Ron. And I said, oh, my gosh. Anyway, we drove around the block, saw a bunch of ducks going into a field, and they were not a stream. This was They were into a field because we could see them. There was maybe 15, 20, and they were feeding across the field. It wasn't a great big bunch like we were used to, but okay, these are worth going after. Let's go. So we get out. But what park. about the radio station? I was never got to- there. Oh, I was good. We I was hoping to hear the story, but when he yeah, no, when he got arrested, no, at the we, we, we drove around the block, and and he was heading towards the station. Ladies and, then, and gentlemen, that's when PETA yeah, was formed in no. Canada. We drove around the block. He was heading to the station, and lo and behold, there's a flock of ducks. Oh well, we got to hunt ducks. Did you call him and thank him for putting you on some ducks? No, no, no. We never, never <laughs> called him. Never, it was forgotten because we went after these ducks. So we crossed this field. We get across this field and we come to a fence row. Okay, they're in the next field. So we we raise up and look and yep, sure enough, there they are. They're going across the field. Okay, we got to get into this field. Well, we found a spot in the fence. You know, the, 
like this is years ago. They rust and then the fences fall down and you can go through the holes in the fence and the, the prongs are still sticking out and that. So Ron goes, crawls, he crawls through this hole in this fence. And so I start to crawl through behind him and I get hung up on the fence. Something grabs, my coat won't come through. I, I'm, I'm stopped. So Ron, he's still going. Like he doesn't know I'm stuck in the fence. He's, he's crawling. He's heading out to these ducks. And I, I'm trying to, I'm shake my coat. I'm yanking on my coat. I won't come. The fence is coming, spring forward and go back, spring forward and go back. And I, I just got to go through here. And pull. So I, <laughs> yes. Yes, folks. If his voice is fading in and out, he's doing the actions in the chair. Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> we're taking donations so that we could buy a new chair. Cause I'm not sure how long it's going to hold up, but carry on dad. I, I go through the hole in the fence and I'm, I'm, I'm not even, I'm so excited. I want to get in there. I'm not even looking back to see what's hung up. I'm just yanking and pulling and I'm, I'm forcing myself through this hole. I'm crawling through the field and this fence is coming with me. And I'm thinking, oh, and I gave one last big lunge and then something gave and the fence goes and right back into place. And I did a header right into the dirt and the ground because now I'm free and I'm forced forward course i when i went forward i looked back and something's flying through the through the air behind me way out into the field and i can't figure out what the heck that is oh well whatever it was it come off the fence so by this time the ducks come up i don't know whether it was the fence or whatever but ron's about 15 yards ahead of me the ducks come up ron's up on his knees he's got his auto five and he's there they're not super close but they're shootable and they're not in a big flock where you're going to get more than one. So he just picks three and kawam, down it comes. Kawam, down it comes. Suits the third one, rocks it, it doesn't come down. He's up and running. He's out in the field. He picks up the other two. And while he's doing that, I will continue to watch those birds leave, particularly the one he shot. So the birds, they swing out to the right, going north, and then they swing west. And they start to swing, or east, and start to leave east. And... And this one just can, keeps killing. The one he rocked just keeps going straight over the fence line of the end of that field. And then all of a sudden it just dies and drops straight down in the other field, the other side of the fence row. So Ron comes back and he says, well, I got a pair. What happened to you? I said, well, something got caught on a fence. I have no idea what it was, but you got that other duck. You got that third duck. Oh, well, yeah, I know I hit it, but it flew away. No, it didn't. It fell. He said, fell. Yeah, in that other field. Oh, well, let's go find it. So we walked. I, I'd marked it. I'd marked two trees where it went down between the line fallen. So I said, just keep those two trees in line and walk right there. We came to the fence, and there was a break in the fence, almost like a uh, where you could drive between the fields. We walked through the break, and this field was was uh, harvested wheat, so it was low. And we walked right straight to that duck, and Ron got a triple. He was pretty happy. So then I thought, okay, what got caught? So I reach in my pocket. And I had a shaker that gave the 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 chuckle. The feeder call. Feeder call, the feeder chuckle. How does that go, Dad? What do you mean? How's it sound? Don't. Anyway, this was. feed into me. This was a really good one. It was like I bought this sucker early on. I mean, when I used to hear that feed and chuckle, and then, then I picked this up, I don't even know where I picked it up, and I gave it a shake. It was loud. It was easy to work. I went, oh my gosh, that's the perfect 
feeding chuckle and i can't remember what i paid for it i remember it hurt to buy the it. car was 50 bucks the call was five <laughs> put it in perspective <laughs> so anyway but it was a lot of money to me that day i i was making a buck buck 50 an hour that's what i was living on so anyway i bought this car and it worked beautiful oh my gosh they responded to that feed and chuckle and what had happened was the lanyard got caught on one of the prongs prongs of the fence and when i'm yanking and yanking and yanking it the call finally came out of the bellows you know that long accordion bellows and this is a this was a long rubber accordion bellow on this one and when it came out the fence shot that sucker clear i don't know 50 yards into that field that's what i saw flying was the the, the call in yeah. and i said to ron oh, all i got left in my pockets the bellows i said i gotta go see if i can find that and we hunted, well, hunted, and I couldn't find it. And I lost. Now I've bought some since, and we we use them now and again. But they are not as good as that one. I've never found one that was that easy to use and that good. Uh, but anyway, I lost that. So those are expensive ducks when you lose calls like that. Yeah, no kidding. I blame the radio guy. <laughs> so, but, but we're not we're not done yet. So anyway, that's. That's uh, let's try to remember. That's five ducks we got, and so we and no, that's that's five. That's eight ducks we got. So the picture I sent you, I don't know if you figured out what car it is. You'll see there's only seven. We didn't put the duck up there that had just the beak left on it because I didn't <laughs> think that looked kosher to be in the picture. I don't know why I was thinking like that, but we didn't put it up there. So we had eight ducks that morning. It's anyway, a Pontiac it's, something or other. Yeah, it's seven on that thing. Seven on that hood. So, I mean, that was our day. And that's, then, that's a nice, nice bag of ducks right there. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's an old $50 car that, that <laughs> yeah. looks pretty good for a $50 car, to be yeah. honest with you. Oh, yeah, my first car, I only paid 100 bucks for it. It was a 53 Did Meteor. You? Yeah, 100 bucks, and it ran. Man. 53 Meteor. It ran good. I, I drove it for years. Yeah, I owned that car when Bill I only paid 50 bucks for a snowmobile 40 years ago. <laughs> yeah. And since then, I've probably put a thousand into it. <laughs> See, we, you got to remember, that though, much that yet. If, we, if we got one duck or didn't get any, we were still happy to be out duck hunting. We oh, worked yeah. hard for, for those ducks. I mean, we, I'm pretty sure the limit was six back then, too. So we never got our limit of 12 that day, but we were happy because. All, lots of guys that we knew that hunted ducks weren't coming home with five, six, seven, eight ducks when they were out hunting. They just, so they just weren't. Back in the older days, I, I heard guys didn't clean ducks right away. They would hang them yep. and, and let them age. Did you ever yep. do that? We, we, no, well, it depended if we could hunt them, if we could clean them right away, we did because it was chore not to. And for a while there, we were, we were gotten them and, and, eating them whole you know like so you could stuff them and skinning everything. them yeah pulling the whole skin off they look like a chicken yeah like you'd buy in the store but if we could hang them for a while in fact the old timers um i can remember i hunted with a bunch of older older fellas that uh, lots of times and their advice was always hang them up in a garage someplace cool until the butthole falls out until it rots and butthole falls out now they're good to eat and I never understood that. Well, the darker the meat, the break, meat breaks down. It's more tender, more flavorful. And let me tell you, I still, 
there is a local butcher and a local market here in St. Thomas. And once the his steaks and stuff start to go dark, he cuts the price in half. Like he puts out every day, he's butchering meat and he puts it all fresh out and, and then bright, nice, red, juicy looking steaks and they're big money. And then as they get dark, if people hasn't bought that particular steak, now the price gets, you know, it goes down to three quarters and then half. And I go in and look for those dark steaks and people don't buy. Oh, they're old. Look how dark they are. No, they are delicious and they're half price and they are tender and flavorful. And I buy those steaks every chance I get. That's, I, uh, that's a redneck country tip right there. <laughs> it's, there's your there's your tip. Buy darker steaks. Oh yeah, like a butcher that puts this stuff out fresh. Yeah, and he'll he'll mark them down and move them to the end, and mm. I buy every one of them because they are delicious. Now you're gonna have a hard time. Anybody local that listens to this story. Yeah, that's it. They're never gonna get that dark. I never named the market. And I if, never named. I was gonna say <laughs> if the butcher's listening, he's gonna keep them up priced. He's gonna be like, oh, that Don. <laughs> <laughs> he's on to me i love those love those stories I tell right you right now, that was good podcast i like that that story yeah. I, and i didn't think i would i would say that because it wasn't my story but well you know i mean you had your stories and i'm sure you'll have a few more when you well i think your dad gets a little bit uh, i'm gonna put in a request and because it's sticking with dad's buddy ron i'm gonna put in a request that I don't know if we could tell it. I'll let dad make the call, but at a certain area where they release a bunch of pheasants and a oh, bunch yeah. of people went hunting next week, can we tell that story? Are we able to tell that story with what Ron did? I don't know. <laughs> it's a little controversial, but, but Ron isn't around. No, he isn't. So, I mean, God bless his soul. Awesome dude. It's a story and a half that tells you who Ron was. Yeah. There was a couple stories in there. I could tell you. I, and I think it's a good story. We'll, we'll discuss. We'll see, Bill. Yeah. We'll, we'll keep you on pins and needles that, yeah, well, I, I, I'd like to share it. You just, you got to be careful, but I think it's still a good story. And But coming up. I mean, it is what it is. It happened. Yeah. It's already happened. It happened 40 years ago. So we yeah. might as well tell it. <laughs> might as well. Might as well get it out there. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, you know, and, and we used to drive around lots and look for ducks that way. Well, then we got more creative. And uh, that's a story for another podcast. But we we started exploring intersections from one road to the other. And I'll explain how we did it and what we found. And we got lots of stories out of the, the areas we found by doing that. So you were the, the originator of the Make It Happen. Oh, yeah. We made it happen. Oh, we got to start. I'll just drop Lake Mill Hill. That'll run run Dad's brain. That'll come out. What's but that? Lake Mill Hill. Oh, Mill Hill, yeah. Making your own lake. But we'll get into that. Yeah. <laughs> so, and then, yeah. like, Ron and I had come Which to work. Which would work today because they're tiling a lot of fields. And trust me, you want to hear that story. But that's coming. That's another episode. But Ron get, and I would go to work. We worked together. We worked together and we'd go to work and how'd you guys do this week? Well, we got, we got five on Monday. We got six on Tuesday. We didn't get any Wednesday, but we got another seven and we got 11 on Saturday. Where'd you get them? And Ron would look them straight in the eye and say, some in the head, some in the butt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Ammunition was probably cheaper back then too, wasn't it? Oh Yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, and, I mean, it's it cost a, a lead now. and loading their own and you did, with yeah. five with five forty ball powder. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Hot loads. And if you bought them, and you didn't buy three inch. If you bought them, you just bought 
You didn't need three inch. No. You had 540 ball no. powder rolling. Yeah. Winchester 540 and, and number sixes. That was my favorite. I still got some of that stuff. It's like gold. Yeah. Yeah. Well, those are podcasts for another day. That's that's awesome. Those are good oh, yeah. good stories. One uh, one final note, I guess maybe I don't know if you guys heard or not, but we probably should wish our our good buddy Travis T Bone Turner the yes. best, eh? Yeah, well, the I last I heard, so, yeah, he, uh, he's come out of surgery and is progressing as expected was the last that I heard. So it's, it's, that's, that's a good, that's yeah, a good uh, thing. Let's pray they, uh, excuse me, pray they got everything and that, uh, he gets that cancer cleared up and, and, uh, gets back at I it. I look at it this way. He has already conquered the hunting world and the archery world with, with like, f- as a regular, like two legs and the whole nine yards. Now it's just a, a, a bit more challenging and makes it all new again. So he's ready to rock and roll again, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. right? Like it's, yeah, I, 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 from what I know, his personality, yeah, he's going to crush it. He's got it. We wish him the best and uh, sure. speedy recovery and hope that they got it all and just keep fighting, keep yep. fighting the fight. Yep. Right. Oh, okay. well, okay. See you next How's week. it good? Yeah, next week. Right. I'll, I'll see if we we'll can see, uh, sen- uncensor we'll the podcast enough to tell the pheasant story. Because we'll it's my favorite. See, it's my favorite. All right. Uh, yeah, and Saturday controversy is not a bad thing. And oh, yeah, I guess we'll see you Saturday morning. Saturday morning. I don't take anything in my coffee. Just just make sure it's hot. That's all I ask. <laughs> well, I, I mean, you just tell them in the drive through right? I mean, that's easy <laughs> oh, enough to do. <laughs> I'm looking for that fancy special stuff that I had last oh, time. Oh, you know I'm what? You get, I've got don't like... Don't tell me you don't have any. I got like a, a three-quarter scoops left that I've just been saving. And I'm like, when am I going to... Now I know. Yeah. There we go. I need you. I need you on fire, Bill. I need you on point. You're getting the mm-hmm. Nootropics coffee that allowed you to smash geese the last time. Yeah, the rabbits look it. out. And hey, I, got a, I got a bunch of them goose pepperettes waiting for you. Oh, I can't... Snow, rain, sleet. I'm like a mailman. I'll be there. <laughs> oh, hey, I forgot to mention. You got your bibs. I sent you guys, you and Jay. Sure did. And I used it, and I didn't even get anything on uh, the, the sweatshirt. And I know my brother, he had his with his. Like he didn't even. My brother didn't even have a bowl of chili. He had a pot of chili, if you noticed that. <laughs> yeah, I haven't I had time to. He posted and tagged us, but I haven't had time to copy it and post it on Redneck Country for everybody to see. But I'm going to. I'm just buying my time. Well, we, there you with, go. Uh, well, with our favorite restaurant opening up, I've been in there three times this week, and I wear my bib every time. In fact, I texted awesome. you the night when you texted me and said you got it. I was in the restaurant at the time, and I texted you a picture of me wearing mine in the restaurant. Yep. That's it. Well, very good, gentlemen. We will see you on Saturday, yeah, you and uh, we'll, we'll talk more then. Rock and roll. Sounds good. Thanks, Bill. And that'll do it for this week, folks, for the Redneck Country Podcast. I'm Bill, the Almost Guy Tom. And I'm Todd, and thanks for listening. And folks, if you want to be part of the podcast or you want to give us some feedback or really contact us about anything, feel free to email us at podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Again, that's podcast at theredneckcountry.com. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again next week.